You're listening to For the Record, a registrar podcast sponsored by ACRO. I'm Helena Minerva, Coordinator of Policy and Training at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York, New York, and the current president of Mizacroa. And this is Get to Know Your State and Regional Association. Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Record, a Registrar podcast sponsored by ACRO. I'm your host, Doug McKenna, and today we're going to be focusing on the state and regional associations. And they say that all politics are local and that you should think globally, but drink locally or something like that. And that is certainly the case with state and regional associations. And so joining me today is Helena Minerva, who is the coordinator of policy and training at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, New York City, and is the current president of Miss Acroa. Helena, Doug. thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Doug. For the record, for the record listeners, Helena was my very first for the record interview. And that interview took place actually at the Missacroa annual meeting last November. And uh, for those of you keeping score at home, the interview was fantastic. Uh, Helena said many, many amazing and valuable things, but the sound quality, because I was a brand new podcaster, was uh, terrible. (laughs) So she graciously agreed to join me again and talk through all of the things that we already talked about. So I greatly appreciate your willingness to... I think this is just you giving me a second chance, Doug. (laughs) You're too kind. Um, So let's kick us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself and about um, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Absolutely. FIT is a proud member of the SUNY family. And I know people hear FIT and they think fashion design, of course, but some of our degree programs like toy design were actually the first of their kind in the country. And other programs are unique just to FIT, which is super cool. We have about 10,000 students here. And I have to tell you, they're like the most driven and creative students I've ever worked with. Um, It's really amazing to work in an environment like this because their innovation is constantly on display wherever you look. Um, It takes that whole campus vibe that we all love being in higher ed and it brings it to this whole new elevated level. And I just love the culture here. Um, I've been working at FIT for about five years and in higher education for about 10. Um, Had a really curvy path getting to higher ed, spending a short time teaching elementary school and then a few years in media strategy after that. And then I finally found my niche in higher education. Um, If that taught me anything, it's the value of transferable skills. I like to think that I'm able to hone in on those and make the best use of them because of the path that I took to get here. And that kind of perspective has helped me when I'm training people or when I'm hiring new people, because I really understand the ways that other facets of your career or your life could be valuable in something that you're doing in the future. I did not know that you were an elementary school teacher in a former professional life. Oh, that did not last long. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that lasted one year. There was a there was a bathroom incident. Oh my. That made me question. Yeah, not me, of course. <laughs> in case we need to be clear for the record. It, it was a student, but yeah, I, I rethought my life at that oh. point. Maybe this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> Good call. So how did you get involved? And first, Miss Acroa is the oldest of the regional associations. Um, It's so old that it predates the convention of ACRO, uh, which is why it's Miss Acroa, because it's officers of admission Mm -hmm. instead of admissions officers. Started in 1922, formalized in 1933, 
And then ACRO itself overall sort of standardized the naming convention, but Misacroa decided not to come along uh, with that. So I always get looks when I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss a Croa. And they're like, don't you mean Miss Acro? And I say, no. No, uh, no, I don't mean that. No, no, that's that's not what I mean. And also saying Miss Acro sounds like there's a beauty pageant involved with registraring. Miss Acro, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, which also makes me giggle a little bit. <laughs> uh, all of that aside, tell me how did you get involved with Miss Acroa? Let's see. Oh, this is going to date me now. My first conference was in 2010. So I was new to Ms. Acroa that year, but I was also new to higher ed that year. Um, and I happened to meet a really great group of people at that particular conference who encouraged me to keep getting involved. So I volunteered that conference to help out with conference evaluations. I said, sure, why not? And then weeks later, I found myself up to my eyeballs in Excel spreadsheets trying to tabulate all these evaluation results. And I didn't know what I got myself into. Like I had no idea what I was doing. I was new to higher ed. I was new to the organization, but something told me I really wanted to keep going. So from there, I started volunteering. And by 2014, I've been elected to the executive committee as treasurer, which led to my 2018 president-elect uh, position. And here we are today, 2019, as the president of the organization. That's pretty amazing going from tabulating session evaluations to being the highest elected officer of the organization. Congrats to you. Oh, thank you. Um, it's, yeah. it's the path that you'll see. Um, if, if you get involved, you tend to keep wanting to be involved. Um, and, and as your right. experience and, and your contacts grow, um, your involvement grows, and it'll, it'll go as far as you want to do, basically. <laughs> and I'm just very lucky. That's awesome. Can you Tell us a couple of ways you've mentioned getting involved and um, even at that first conference, um, was there someone <laughs> in particular? You said you found your squad. How did how did you go about both finding your people and then also um, how did you get involved in that first go round? Um, I was actually really lucky. My my boss at the time um, when I was at Hofstra University had already been in contact with some of the members of the executive committee and I was kind of tagging along with her. <laughs> so I was just like the newbie that she took with her. Um, so I, so I met people who were already, you know, near and dear to the organization and vice versa who, who wanted new blood um, for lack of a better word. But some of the folks on our executive committee right now um, met people at the first timers breakfast when we used to have a breakfast, it's a lunch now. Um, but they met there. Um, they met at sessions, they met at lunch, they met at the special events. I mean, there's no one way to do this. Um, I just happened to be plopped in with people who are already involved. Um, but we, we're constantly looking for new people. I mean, right now we have a local arrangements committee, um, which is basically our, our nitty gritty conference planners. They're 100% new. There's not one of them that has done this before. And I think that's the first time since I've been doing this that this has ever been the case. Um, and yeah, we can say a lot of great things about people who have background in it because they have a whole knowledge base that others may not have. But there's also something to be said about people who are brand new because they give you a whole fresh perspective about how to do things. And so far, um, this LAC committee has been the most creative that we work with because they're all brand new. So there's really, there's no right way to get involved. Um, just do it. <laughs> read your emails. We send out proposals all the time. <laughs> read your emails. That and Read your emails, guys. <laughs> <laughs> don't be the students. We know they don't sometimes read them. but <laughs> Or sometimes faculty don't read their emails either. It's weird. No, they never do that. They always read their emails. Of course they do. <laughs> so you are the president. You said you're president-elect and now you're president. And then you'll be past president. Is that yes. correct? Is that that, that is cycle? Correct. Um, that is correct. Can you 
tell me, tell us a little bit about like how that works. How how did you find being president-elect? What did you do at that stage? Um, what do you do now that you're president? And then what will you do as past president? What, what do those things mean? Okay, great. I'm actually really glad you asked that. <laughs> um, so president-elect is almost like the hazing position because it's it's in a lot of ways more time consuming than the actual president position. Um, so the president-elect is really the person who is overseeing uh, the local arrangements committee, which is our conference planning team, um, and they are overseeing the whole conference program. So they're going out there with their program committee and they're getting the sessions that you see offered every year. They're publishing it. They're setting up registration. They're, they're really the whole lifeblood of the event, like the culminating event every year. Um, once you get to the president stage, what we've been trying to do with exec over the last couple of years is take the focus away from conference planning because we have a committee to help us with that and instead focus on more higher level administrative pieces of the organization. So for example, um, what we've been trying to do is uh, we've formulated an ad hoc bylaws committee so that we can take a look at our bylaws, which haven't been amended in a very long time, um, to see if we can more clearly state the responsibilities of each officer, reevaluate what positions that we have, uh, you know, tweak them for the future and the current needs versus when they were originally uh, formed in the first place. So having an LAC committee that's, you know, working out there on their own allows exec and the president to kind of initiate these other charges that help the organization stay current and compliant um, and relevant, for lack of a better word. The uh, immediate past president, oh, sorry, excuse me. The immediate past president sort of rides off into the sunset with nominations and elections and headlines that committee so that we have a fresh nominations and elections committee each year who will be voted upon by membership. And then those people are who help choose the elected positions moving forward for that year. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. If I'm someone who is getting started that seems a little overwhelming for me. How would I baby step into getting involved? That's a great question. Um, you can start small, right? So every year we, we send out calls for session proposals. You can submit, if you have a topic that you want to talk about, come talk about it at the conference, do a session, do a workshop. And I know that's not for everybody because either, you know, most most people get a little freaked out speaking in front of a crowd or they think, no, I don't know what I have to say that people want to hear, which is so untrue because we're all fighting the same battles differently. So you always have something to offer. But if a session and public speaking isn't your gig, um, you can start really minimally if you want and, and volunteer at the conference itself. Um, right before the conference, we sent out a call for volunteers that help on site. So they would help our local arrangements people at the event, but the time commitment is really minimal because once the event is over, they're not, you know, doing this hefty volunteer work throughout the entire course of the calendar year. They're really just doing it on site. And that helps get a feel for what the event is all about, what the organization's all about, and what kind of demands you may face if you do want to continue moving forward. And it's often from that pool of people, our conference volunteers, where we start plucking um, interest for the more permanent ones that do require all year sort of maintenance, for lack of a better term. Um, this year, what are we looking for this year? We actually just put out a call for proposals for a registration co-chair to help on-site and with some pre-conference demands. We got really good response for that. So I think a really good way is to, to keep an eye on your messages and see if we're looking for anybody. And if and if all else fails, contact us. All of our contact information is out there on the Mizzacro website. And if there's something that you're interested in doing or learning more about, you can always email me or any of us directly and we'd be happy to help you help us. <laughs> yeah, that's the help you help us help the membership. Right. And I know that you're focused specifically on Misakroa. Given your interactions with other presidents or president-elects or past presidents from the other 
regional and state associations. Would you say that that's a pretty common um, both trajectory for the officers and a commonly held view of, hey, you can do as as much or as little uh, as you feel comfortable doing, just reach out. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I think focusing on you can do as much or as little as you're comfortable with is important because this is volunteer. And as you as you kind of move up in the ranks, your demands of your time are a little bit more, obviously. So if you're not okay with that, then then you could stay on a program committee or stay as a volunteer or just present every year. You know, you do whatever you're comfortable with and whatever your institution is most comfortable with because they have to also support the time that you're dedicating. Um, but if you want to keep going, you, you're free to do that. Of course, it's always subject to the election process once you're on a formal committee. Um, but there's really no limits how far you can take it. Right on. Talk about ways that you have benefited from your association with Ms. Okay. okay. Um, Ms. Acroa in general, I think my involvement has given me a much more well-rounded perspective of higher education. Um, and that's, you know, fostering relationships with other people in the same industry that really encourages a higher level of learning and expertise about the field that we're in. You know, we're all grappling with the same challenges, but we're handling them with different nuance and it just never stops feeding the ideas about what's current and what's coming up and how to tackle it. Um, I think the difference is acro for me personally is really strong with content. And that's not to say that Mizukroa isn't strong with content, but ACRO, because of its size, loses a bit of the interpersonal aspect that Mizukroa then fills in at the table because we're a regional organization. So you're seeing 250 people every year um, who then become one of your greatest resources. So the folks that I've met at the regional conferences and those I've worked closely with on exec or local arrangements, those I've seen present, they've all helped inform me professionally and even personally um, since some of my most valuable relationships have resulted from the Mizukroa group. So I feel like we have that that closer um, interpersonal aspect to offer. We're, it, yes, it does exist at Acro, but, but when you're with less people and you're seeing the same faces over and over again, you sort of develop this network and they're always there and you can always rely on them. I love it. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Extending those benefits, clearly I think you feel both a sense of responsibility to provide service to the organization. Can you talk a little bit about, it's not too soon to reflect on your year as the president of Mr. Croa, is it? I mean, you're <laughs> the president until when, November? Is that when December the, 2nd to the 4th is our annual conference hey, this year. So December, right December 4th will be my last day. <laughs> yeah. Who's, no, who's keeping who's counting? track? Really? I don't know. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. What has being the president of Miss Acroa meant for you? That's a touchy one. I don't want to get all emotional. Um, so, okay. So I evolved from a registrar professional into a policy and compliance professional. So my current role does still touch upon the administrative side of enrollment management. Um, but that's only one part of a bigger puzzle of institutional policy and compliance that I now handle. So for me, my role as a president this year at Miss Acroa is really a culmination of both my work in Miss Acroa and my work in enrollment management. So it's kind of bittersweet for me because I'll start to explore professional development that's more closely related to my current and future career. And that's like super exciting, but I'm really sad to leave all of this behind at the same time because Ms. Acro helped me grow exponentially in enrollment management. And I'm so happy with how far the organization has come and I can't wait to see where it's headed. Um, and I'm a little sad that I might miss some of it, but I know it's in great hands. So I guess my only regret is that I won't see some of my favorite higher ed buddies as often as I get to now. <laughs> Did you come up with your favorite Mizukroa-related memory? Yes. 
Yes, I would did. you be willing to share that? Yes, I would. Okay, us? so <laughs> it was this was a hard question. <laughs> it really was because there's so there's so many. Um, but I'm going to go back to my first year. It was my first year at Mizzacroa. I was on a trolley with about 40 other Mizzacroans on our way back from the special event that year, uh, which, if I recall correctly, involved singing cows at Hershey World and. Uh, an obscene amount of free chocolate. Um, but anyway, we're, we're on this. I'm sorry. Did you, did you just say it involved singing to cows? I did. There were, there were animatronic cows that sang to us about how chocolate was made. I don't even know. I wasn't even listening because they were throwing Reese's at us. So, so that's where my focus was going was all the free chocolate. So it, it was like a live sound of music. If you will. <laughs> uh, no, I liked it. The hills <laughs> were alive you, with the sound of music. Um, I'm utterly hilarious. <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, I, I know maybe four people at this point on the trolley who have taken me under their wing. And one of them stands up and grabs the trolley driver's microphone <laughs> and started to sing Holly songs. And... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of environments where this could happen, where there's three people singing and then they just sit down. But in this case, the entire trolley bought right into it. And before we knew it, all of us were belting out carols at the top of our lungs, no holds barred. It was super fun. And that was the point where I really started getting to know some of the most treasured people in my life. And there was something so unifying and special about that moment where I knew that this organization and its members were different from the others. And, and I guess from there, the rest is history. There is something about singing a holiday carol on a trolley after a singing cow fills you with chocolate that is magical. I I can understand. I can understand why. Exactly. And I might blame the obscene amounts of chocolate for all that joy in our hearts. It could have been that. I don't know. But maybe chocolate brought us together. But that's where it began. <laughs> there there are worse things to be brought together by. By I which agree. to be brought together. I'm not correcting oh, your consider grammar. Consider it. <laughs> consider it brought. In. Consider it brought. It's yeah. already been brung. <laughs> <laughs> what advice oh, moving on again this is we yes we're spiraling down stay with us ladies and gentlemen stay with us what advice would you give to people who are just starting out in either the registrars or admissions officers i'm sorry officers of admissions roles and who are brand spanking new to miss acroa what would you tell them uh, if you're just starting out in registrar admissions, and, and this I think goes for any any area in higher education, never stop improving, never stop learning. Um, students are changing, the industries are preparing them for changing, and they're both changing faster than they've ever changed before. And that means we have to change as well and faster than ever before. So it was usually true that what worked best once might not be what works best forever, but these days it's compounded. It's like what worked last year might not work this year. It's changing really quickly and it demands more of us sooner. So my advice is be prepared to adapt to that and be open and flexible to any possibility. Um, as far as a newbie in Mizukroa, don't be afraid, I think. <laughs> don't be scared. Don't be scared to yeah, get involved. We don't, we don't bite. We don't bite. We shower. Right. You know, you want to you be with us. We're great. Get involved. I mean, honestly, especially if you're new to the field, I can't underestimate how much I learned from this organization. Like, you can be trained by the institution that you're at if you're brand new, but even still, you're only getting a view at that one scope of how to do things or what everything means in the grand scheme of what we do for a living. Um, but it, it's through the involvement in this organization, even just by attending, if you're able to. I know budgets are tough. Um, even just by attending, um, 
you really you really start to get a more well-rounded view of what's going on. And like I said, those people are going to be your best resources. If you ever don't know how to do something or if you don't understand a regulation, you always have somebody to reach out to who can help you with that. Agreed. And I think just to the your point about the budgets, the state and regional associations who have annual meetings, those are a lot more accessible from a budgetary standpoint maybe than yes. some of the larger national conferences. I mean, Elusian Live is extraordinarily expensive in terms of conferences, but the state and regionals are very reasonable, I have found. And you, as you've said, you get to know more people in your area. And that's where like creating those networks um, and connections is really beneficial. So I agree. Yeah, we give a lot of bang for the buck, um, especially when comparing them to a national conference. And, you know, we haven't actually changed our conference registration fee in almost a decade. I think we've managed to be able to keep it stable because we know that institutions are hurting sometimes and they can't always afford to send people. We also know that they have to pick and choose who to send. So they might be able to send one person to Acro, but they might be able to send a few to us. Um, But we really do. We have the session content, we have the people. um, And I think what makes us stand out aside from the budgetary aspect, is what you're getting is probably, in a lot of cases, more personal um, in the sense that when you go to a big conference like eLive, a lot of people walk out of there feeling really inspired, but then they get back and they realize they either don't have the team or they don't have the money or they can't do all of this exciting thing that they just saw. Um, And I don't think that happens with us because we're all kind of in the same boat. So we really just learn how to improve and we're we're able to take those things and go back and do something with it, which I think is really valuable to the institution as well. Um, And I really like to promote that while I can, because I feel like professional development sometimes scares employers. They're like, well, we don't really want you going to these other things and networking. What if you leave? Um, But I, I really want them to understand the value of what do you bring while you're here and how can I make you better? Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite professional development quotes is what if we spend all this money on our people and then they leave? But what if we don't and they stay? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I should mention, uh, I've mentioned several times, this podcast is sponsored by ACRO. The ACRO annual meeting is remarkably affordable and super valuable in terms of networking, content, and overall experience for registrars and admissions officers. Mm -hmm. So I definitely agree. Go to the annual meeting, if at all possible. Yes, it is. It really is. Um, And... You know, I've, I've met so many other people who don't work in the region who have really different perspectives on how to do things. And, and that meeting, like you said before, it's expensive, but it's nowhere near as expensive as these other conferences. Um, so even that one is still a huge bang for your buck. And the sessions are so rich. I mean, ACRO's right. program committee does an amazing job at being selective and, and being sure that they offer robust topics and presenters who are seasoned and, and can explain things in the best way. So there's definitely a lot of bang for your buck there, too. As the Group 6 coordinator on the program committee for ACRO for 19, 20, 20, mm-hmm. 21, that's a three-year gig. So that's what I'm doing now, just in my free time. So much um, of that. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> thank for you. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to come speak again. <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> and you do amazing presentations, by the way. Back Your sessions you. are always, thank you. Your sessions are always well attended. For those of you who don't know, that's how I met Doug. I saw a Doug session and it was one of my favorites of that acro year. And, and that's how we got connected. So he, see, here I am doing a podcast with someone just because I saw them present the session three years ago and we connected over it. That's right. That's right. Things can happen. It's magical. All the ways, all of the ways. <laughs> Helena, other than having the most Harry Potter-esque name, 
uh, of anyone I know in the registrar's um, profession. You, it's a really long trophy. Title. You have I, it's put it on a business card. It works. Uh, you <laughs> have been a fantastic guest. I appreciate your time again, uh, duplicating the interview that we did last November. This has been fantastic. I really just wanted to give you a chance to uh, experience what it's like to be the president of Mizakroa before you um, commented on that. It was part all part of, of your master plan. So you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, exactly. thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm very thankful. Thank you for hosting me. This has been really fun. And I just want to say thank you again to all of my Mizakroa peeps. I've been very fortunate to have met all of them and have this much involvement over my, my years here. So thank you. Once again, I want to say a huge thank you to Helena Minerva for sharing with us her experiences with Miss Acroa and for being such a good sport to be a guest on the podcast, not once, but twice. I greatly appreciate it. And for you, gentle listener, heed Helena's advice. You can start small and someday you too could wind up as the president of your state or regional association. Read your emails. Thank you for listening. Please share a link to the podcast with your colleagues. Feel free to drop me a line at registrarpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Until then, I'm Doug McKenna, and this is For the Record.